you want to be hardcore, you want to be extreme, well, if you're like the Sandman, then you're listening to the podcast Drunk Wrestling History, dudes, and please be drunk when you hear it. I like to fuck. Do you like to fuck? It's just money shots, uh, chairs all over there. Those guys with bank busts think they're a good deal. My dick is small. What's up, Drunk Marks and Drunk Marquettes? And welcome to Drunk Wrestling History. Your your uh, designated host, Adam, is not here. We don't know where he is. He's pooping. He's po- He says he is, but it's been 10 minutes, and we were already starting 20 minutes late, so we just started without him. We have you no idea. You think maybe he's rubbing one out after pooping? Or what's maybe. the proper order of that? Do you poop first and then rub one out? Or No, you do, no, you do it in the opposite direction. You rub one out, and then you drop a deuce. Yeah, yeah. Then you only I have see. to flush once. Oh, that's true. Although, you know what? Like, I don't know if it's my toilets or what. I flush multiple times. Oh, okay. No, I'm Also, good. it's a courtesy flush because, you know. For yourself? That old man shit. Yeah, it's for myself. I don't want to sit there and stew in it. <laughs> yeah, it's for me, dude. That's why it's called a courtesy. Right, right, right. Yeah, you're Do being courteous to yourself. Right. <laughs> Respect yourself. So anyway, yeah, we don't know when Adam's going to be dialing in. It was like he gave us, he told us he was in the bathroom and we waited like 10 minutes and he's still not here. And like I said, we were, he was already late. And, we and started, I don't think he has IBS. We started like 20 minutes later than we were planning to anyway. So Two and hours been, and 20 minutes later than we were planning on. Well, right, two, two and a half hours later <laughs> than we were planning to. Yeah, but then he's been home for like an hour and a half. So I guess he was just like, oh, I'll wait till they're ready to go and then go drop a deuce. Yeah, yeah. Or I mean, look, push notifications. You don't know when they're going to happen. I guess that's so maybe true. he bought his body wasn't like you got to take a dump until like right when we were about to record. Yeah, I guess it yeah. happens. I mean, that's, that's true. Well, it's a weird day. It is a weird day, but we'll, really... we'll hear his uh, sweet melodic tones here shortly. I'm sure. Yeah, I assume. Yeah. Yeah. So what are so you drinking, dude? I'm drinking. Um, I'm drinking a, a scumbag cream ale from Ghost Town Brewery in Oakland. Nice. Um, apparently great minds think alike because I'm also drinking a cream ale. Oh. Uh, it's from Heidi Frank, and the name of it is Dig Tussie Cream Ale. Hmm. It's quite dig, good. Dig Tussie? Like two words? Dig, yes, two words. Dig Tussie. It's like, um, di- I don't, it's like Dick Tuggy. Or Big Pussy. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, like I'm not sure Sopranos. where they were going with that one. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, I don't know, dude. <clears throat> Excuse me, but it's really good. So, uh, cheers. Here's to Adam's Deuce. Yeah, salute. Not, not to Adam Deuce, but to Adam's Deuce. Yeah, not Adam Deuce, no. <laughs> Delicious. This week, we are reviewing Starcade 87, which I realized recently, I was thinking, like, when's the last time we did a WCW episode? And I looked, I have, like, a spreadsheet of all the episodes with the dates and everything. The last one, I think we uploaded it last June. So it's been 10 months since we've done a oh. WCW here. I have no Holy idea how shit. we just we just kind of forgot about WCW because we were sort of, I was trying to keep it a pretty even rotation of WWE, WCW, and ECW. It probably right. was, I don't think it was happening. We were probably doing WWE like two to one. Right, but, right, right. But yeah, we've probably done like eight WWEs since then and a few ECWs. It's been 10 months since we've done a WCW one. 
damn, long overdue, but this is going to be a good one, dude, because you actually heard from Cornette that there was a particular match on here that had a significant outcome on WCW slash NWA. Um, yeah. Wait, Chris is distracting me. Sorry. Well, I just wanted everyone to know that PBR now makes a seltzer with uh, weed in it. Yeah, weed seltzer, cannabis seltzer. Look at that. Her sister brought it over. Yeah. <laughs> brought to you this week by our sponsor, PBR, PBR with weed. Yeah, I think it's PBR called PBR like, High. I can't close down that ribbon anymore. <laughs> I, I hear they added more hops. More hops. <laughs> okay, what'd you say about the match? Uh, no, about this pay-per-view specifically, Cornette had some uh, interesting things to say about this. Yeah, I mean, he basically said that it killed killed the market, killed Chicago. They did the show in Chicago. So right. let's start off with the background of that um, before we get into the first match. So the previous two Starcades had been in Greensboro and Atlanta at the same time. They did like a WrestleMania two type situation. NWA hotbeds. Yes, exactly. Those were like two of their biggest. They might have been their number, their number one and number two. It would not surprise me. Yep. Yeah. So, and they ended up selling 30,000 tickets between the two places. They had a huge, like a $300,000 gate or something like that. Yeah, that's gigantic gate. for back then, dude. Yeah, That kind of exactly. money now, that's what, at least double. Nobody's selling 30,000 tickets except WWE for their stadium shows, you know? Yeah, exactly. Because exactly. I don't think, I'm not even sure if AEW sold that many when they did the um, tennis uh, stadium. Maybe something like so. that. But yeah, 30,000 is a lot. I mean, it's in two arenas, of course, but still. Right. So this was going to be their first time on pay-per-view. Someone had convinced Crockett that they needed to do it from a major market because it's like, this is going to be our big, big show. We can't do it from Greensboro or even Atlanta. Right. right. So they talked him into doing Chicago. Well, they didn't have, Chicago was not a hotbed for them. Um, it was for wrestling in general, but not really um, Crockett promotions. And it was for a particular tag team from Chicago. The Road Warriors, yeah. Exactly. So I think part of it was they were banking on the Road Warriors selling that place out, but they only sold 8,000 tickets. Damn. And it also, they with it being their first time on pay-per-view, I don't know if I should get into this now or at the end of the show, I guess now, um, this is when Vince decided to invent Survivor Series. Right, to go head-to-head. And, head. and he ran that against it. I was thinking that should be our next um, WWE pay-per-view that we do. Oh, a Survivor Series? Survivor Series, 80, Survivor Series 87. Oh, the initial one. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. yeah, since we're doing this, why not do the other show that went on that night? No, that's a great idea. I love yeah. that. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so we'll do that next. So that'll come up in a few weeks. Um, so Vince basically told the pay-per-view companies, if you put that on, we're not giving you WrestleMania 4. So of all the yeah. all the cable companies, only five of them, and they'd already signed on to do it, and then Vince came and was like, no, you know, fuck them over. Fuck, uh, fuck NWA over um, if you want WrestleMania. And all but five of the cable companies dropped Starcade. That's fucking harsh, dude. It is. It's harsh, and it completely destroyed the buy rate. Um, oh, a hundred percent, totally. Yeah, yeah. Because Survivor Series was also on pay per view. Yes, right. That it was. So yep. this this ended up getting a three point one buy rate. Survivor <laughs> Series got a seven. Because That's, for one, dude. it was they were the hotter company, but they were on every cable system too. And that was a secondary paper. That was like a throwaway almost for the WWF. Well, it was brand it's like, new. Let's just see what happens. Yeah, it was brand new. It was brand new. Yeah, exactly. They never. This is Starcade. Like, um, oh, look who's here. Adam just showed up. <laughs> you guys aren't going to be able to hear him for a minute. Um, okay, Adam, we already started. So get your headphones on and hit record. And I guess we'll do a one, two, three countdown. No, no, we don't have to. I can sync it up. I have a way to sync it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right we're gonna keep going until you're ready this is um, great 
So the, yeah, the buy rate ended up being shit. It was a disaster of a show, ticket sales wise. It was a disaster of a show, they, uh, pay-per-view wise. They ended up losing a huge amount of money on it. And they were already like 2 million in debt because um, they had just bought um, UWF from Watts. Exactly, yeah, which I was gonna get into before we actually got into the show like you're doing now. Right, they had just bought that, so they spent a bunch of money on that. They paid, They had a lot more talent because they brought over all those guys. Right. They had Bill Watts's, um, he had a big office building in Dallas that they were paying a lease on that they didn't need. And uh, and then this is after they bought the jet too. So they, right. were, they were spending money like they had it. And then on top of that, then this is gonna be like their big thing. We're gonna make hundreds of thousands of dollars off of, off of this. It's gonna cut into our, our huge debt that we've accumulated. And it ends up being a financial disaster. Yeah, Vince basically stabbed the whole thing right in the heart. Killed it before it even got off the ground. I mean, it could have mm -hmm. been a great money maker for him mm -hmm. because honestly, top to bottom, outside of you know one or two matches, it's a solid card. And it we'll really is. Scaffold match, but the scaffold match the year before did big business for the NWA. So right. of course they're going to be like, let's put another one on the card. It, it wasn't great in '86 mm -hmm. in terms of the match quality, but it got a lot of people tuning in for it. Now this year, they're going to add the scaffold match again. They've got the Road Warriors in a tag team title match. They had never held the tag titles before. Mm -hmm. Ric Flair going for the gold again. I mean, it's really a strong card, but Vince really killed this thing before it could even take off. They really did, or he really did. Yeah, totally. He completely screwed them over. It was no, like totally. ruthless. Um, and a drunk fact I just came across while I was doing research on this. He tried to screw him over with Starcade 83. That was when Flair wrestled Harley. Harley Race, yeah. He had a meeting with Harley the day before it. He offered Harley a quarter million dollars to no-show the show. It's in I Harley's book. That. Yeah. And to show up in WWE with the NWA title. Yeah. Yeah, he tried to get him to do like a Medusa. He offered him a quarter million dollars. Well, just and like Flair. Showed exactly. up in the WWF with the titles. Like, Ten years later, boom. He got yeah. that shit done. Exactly. Yeah, right. It took him. Yeah, it took him. It took him. Well, I guess like seven years or yeah, six I'll, years. Yeah. But right. Exactly. Flair eventually did do exactly that. Um, yep. But um, and Flair did it because of. I mean, there were circumstances with that about they of wouldn't course. give him back his deposit and everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, WCW was fucking him. So yeah. yeah. So uh, like they deserved it. Yeah, but, different um, circumstances, but the same outcome that Vince was looking for. Mm -hmm, exactly. Yeah, and Harley would eventually work for Vince anyway, like a year or two after that. Uh, it was about three years. Three years, okay. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, yeah, okay, yeah. So anyway, um, let me know a when you're recording, of Adam. Too. Um, what's that? A big I'm influx recording. of talent with UWF. Okay, Adam's recording, so we're we're, oh, we're all here. Adam's now. on board. Adam. Okay. Hello. Yo. So uh, what I, we've covered so far is what we're drinking. That you were dropping a deuce. I was an epic, an epic deuce. An epic. Uh, also, that this is the pay-per-view that killed the Chicago territory for the NWA. And we've touched on the acquisition of the UWF by the NWA. So we have not yet gotten which into match number one. Okay, which makes sense because there were uh, unification matches. Yes, exactly. Okay. Mm -hmm. So the UWF, I don't, I don't know if you're even familiar with it, Adam, the UWF. Uh, basically was an option. I'm very sure I've heard the name, but definitely haven't looked into it. So it was basically Mid-South. And when Mid-South got a TV deal, it wasn't a great TV deal, uh, they became the UWF, the Universal Wrestling Federation. And Steve Williams was their champion, as you saw on this show. Their tag team champions were the Sheep Herders, or as you know them, the Bushwhackers. The Bushwhackers. And, yep. And their TV champion, as you saw in this pay-per-view, was Terry Taylor. The weird thing is, 
There was only one unification bout. Yeah. Out of the three For the titles. United States title. Yeah. Yeah. It, yeah, there was only one unification. Out of you the would... three available and five total, and even one of them wasn't even defended. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The tag team titles basically were made defunct the day it, of this pay-per-view. Yeah, and they basically all of them went defunct by the end of this, except That's for um, except for the one, um, the one that uh, the Wyndham one was uh, the only. Well, yeah, the the title that uh, that Doctor Death held that mm-hmm. Barry Wyndham was going for that became defunct a month later. Oh, I thought that was which one stuck around. Uh, the heavyweight around? title for one month. Oh, okay, I thought there was one that stuck around for a little longer than that. But, uh, well, the TV title got absorbed. The okay. tag team title was deactivated basically the day of the show. Okay. And then the heavyweight title lasted another month, and it just it went away. And at that point, the UWF basically ceased to exist. Was done. Absolutely it was kind done. Of the, it was kind of the same as when they did the WCW invasion. They kept it around <laughs> right. for a few months, did the invasion, and then WCW didn't exist anymore. So you do, UWF yes. got the same treatment, basically. Exactly, yeah. They got absorbed and then forgotten, really. Yeah. So anyway, let's get into the first match, because that's got several of the people that they picked up in that UWF. Uh, uh, pretty much quiz, the entire actually. match. Pretty much. So I uh, I'm on location in Denver, Colorado. Oh, you are? Yeah. Oh, I didn't even know that. Yeah, I followed through with that trip. Yeah, last I talked to you, you still didn't know if you were gonna go. Yeah, that was the case. Um, <laughs> Look at I'm having some rocky <laughs> location. Tour around the nation. Okay, I was so. I, re- I already had a Seattle uh, tour. You've had the San Diego experience experiment. Okay, and- now that I know you're in Denver, I'm way less annoyed with you for buying tickets to a show because when you told me last night. Yeah. So let's. I'll pull back the curtain on this. We were supposed to start today at three o'clock. We started about fifteen minutes ago at five twenty-five. I didn't hear from Adam till last night that he couldn't start until five today because he bought a show that started at one, and I'm like the fuck did you do that for we were planning on starting at three i didn't realize you were in colorado now it makes sense because it's something that you can only do while you're there so yeah, yeah. look at us airing our but, dirty laundry but it, i was annoyed with you a- for all day dude if you had told me that last night i would have been i would have been way less annoyed <laughs> i i i forget if it was established but either way it's the case uh real quick i've got some rocky mountain root beer and of course what a- yeah, and what am I eating? Of which would be one oh, of the Rocky more Mountain obvious oysters. Quest. Rocky Mountain oysters. Oh my baby. god, dude, are you really? Oh good lord. Yeah, I got a full order yesterday, knowing that uh, I wanted to have some for today. So you're so. eating one day old fried testicles. Yeah, Adam doesn't These mind nuts. eating fried stuff later, dude. He brought home a piece of chicken from uh, Roscoe's. Oh. <laughs> That's true. Yeah, I was like, I saw him put it on the car. I was like, are you going to eat that? He goes, oh, why do you want it? I was like, no, I'm, just, I'm, su- I'm surprised you're going to eat it. It was refrigerated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's just like fried stuff is kind of gross the next day. but well, At least look, Adam's big on his food safety. That's well, good. You, you look like you're enjoying yeah. your balls. Mm, delicious testicles. Uh, first <laughs> match is a six-man tag team match. Sting, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, and Michael P.S. Hayes with Miss Precious taking on Eddie Gilbert, Rick Steiner. Do we give that name the Benoit treatment? Well, I don't know yet, man. He didn't kill anyone. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and he didn't kill his wife and kids. I mean, he, so acted, like a, he acted like a fucking dick at the thing. But and yeah. Larry Zabisco with Baby Doll. But right. Um, no, I think you just point out that he acted like a dick every time you mention him. But I, yeah, I think you say, I think unless you kill people, your name gets said. Yeah, I mean, we still talk about Jimmy Snook on the show, and 
We're pretty sure he killed that's some true. people. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I guess there are people that we talk that kill we don't we say Rey Mysterio's name, he killed someone. Great Kali also. Great Kali too, yeah. Mm-hmm. I guess you have to kill your own son. Right. That's that's where we draw the line, damn it. <laughs> yeah. We have standards around so here. So unless Ray has a um accident in the ring with Dominic, we'll still say his name. Exactly. <laughs> God forbid. Anyways, Tony and JR say that the crowd is electric and jam-packed. On the wide shot, it's only half full. <laughs> and one of my first notes is they should have lit the ring better and the crowd less because you can see all those empty seats. They do fill in mm-hmm. eventually, but it looks really fucking bad on TV. Yeah, I Don't wonder wanna... if it was weather that prohibited people from getting there on time. Could have been, could have been. Yeah, I mean, it is November in Chicago. Yeah, or half of the population that was going to show up had been murdered. <clears throat> I don't know. It is Chicago. <laughs> Yeah, or it could have just been due to lack of interest. I that don't know. too, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll get we'll get there. Maybe they bought tickets to another show before it. <laughs> <laughs> Gotta get those digs in. Um, Baby Doll's hair is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. This Very side of Susan. Yeah. <laughs> um, and Rick Steiner looks really weird in those shorts. Right. He's they're like manscaped underwear, is what they look like. And he has mismatched boots. He looks like his gear got lost. Well, he would do that. Like, that kind of became his gimmick. Okay. Is that he would have, like, mismatched gear. Uh, at some point, he started wearing headgear as well. I remember the headgear, yeah. And I remember him in the singlet. You know, like, he looked like a, uh, you know, that was his gimmick when I was, when the Steiners were, you know, a big deal. So he eventually joined the Varsity Club with Kevin Sullivan. Mm-hmm. And he that's when he started wearing the singlet. Okay. And then the singlet kind of morphed into what you know from seeing the Steiners in the late 80s early 90s in the WWF. Okay. So so his 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 gear kind of evolved. Okay, I don't think I've ever seen a match of his from this early in his oh, career. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha. Not, so, not that I can remember. Okay, so pretty much, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody in this match, outside of gorgeous Jimmy Garvin, and I believe, yeah, Larry Zabisco came from the AWA. Everybody yes. else, UWF implants. Okay. And obviously this is right before Sting got huge in right, the AWA was, because this four is months right later... Right, this is right when he and the Warrior split up. The Warrior yes. went, went up to New York, and Sting yep. came here. Yeah, so and Sting's- then four months later, Sting had like the <clears throat> biggest match of his career. That Clash right. of Champions versus Flair. That basically put Sting on the map. So you could already tell, like, kind of watching this match, yeah. he was being groomed. Like, he was being set up for success. Like, they were positioning him. Yeah, he's in the curtain jerker, but really showcased in this match. Right, four months later, he had the biggest career of his match. And four months later, Warrior wrestled Hercules. <laughs> right. At WrestleMania 4. <laughs> right. But look, to be fair, two years later, Warrior had a gigantic match. No, I know. Warrior was just kind of like two years behind Sting, you know? He he really was. Dude. Yeah, he which he really was about was. which he was about 20 years behind him on uh, skill. Well, and if you look at the pool of talent, Sting definitely rose a lot faster than the Ultimate Warrior did. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Immediately, in the, like, Warrior didn't have a title match. Shit. Until Hogan, right? To Hogan, that was his first... I mean, he had the IC title before, but yeah, his first title match was Hogan. Yeah, yeah, I'm talking heavyweight title. Dude, yeah. four months after this, Sting was in the right. world title match against Flair, headlining Clash of Champions, which, by the way, went head-to-head with WrestleMania four. Right, right, yeah. For free. Yeah, for free. Yeah. So if you're going to put a guy in the ring with Flair, you want it to be a big name. They put a rookie in there. Mm-hmm. So that just shows you... Obviously, the NWA, and rightfully so, had big plans for this kid. Big plans for Sting. Yeah, well, yeah. that's what happens when you don't have Hogan on the roster. <laughs> right. You know <laughs> right. what I mean? You exactly. A, you can make a guy a top guy. Exactly. Um, so they start out pretty hot. Right away, they end up like uh, Steiner hits a, gets a cheap shot on Sting. 
they all end up outside the ring, but Sting tosses uh, Steiner. Double um, drop kick. Double drop kick. He hits a um, uh, dive and a missile drop kick on him, and then everyone gets in the ring, and then the faces clear it out, and the crowd is going crazy. Like, it's just like boom, 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 boom. Like, one big yep. thing after another to start. It was really cool. It's very, like, modern wrestling, actually. All 5,000 people got to their feet. <laughs> yeah, probably was only mm-hmm. about 5,000 people uh, during this match, yeah. Um, and then when Hayes gets tagged in, the place goes wild. They love Michael Hayes. Oh, yeah, love Michael Hayes. Yeah, yeah even in Chicago. Absolutely. Even in Chicago, they loved him. Um, but he tags right out to do a double team with Garvin. Um, but then the Steiner escapes, and he tags Zabisco, and the crowd hates Zabisco. And Zabisco was basically like a non-factor in this match. All he totally. did was all, every time he got in there, someone reversed something on him to get tagged out. I don't know if Zabisco was hurt or didn't care or, you know, or what, but he like barely did anything. He would get in there, get like take it. Uh, like he, I think at one point he Irish whipped one of them into the corner and then charged him and got hit and tagged right out. I've never been a big Larry Z guy. I never have either. And I haven't seen a lot of his work, but as a character, as a personality, I never was really a fan. And this match didn't change that at all. Yeah, no, same, same. And he was still a big deal into like the mid night, early to mid nineties with yeah, WCW. Right. He right. was a tag team champion with Arnie Anderson, but I never saw it personally. It's almost like he was always coasting on that feud with uh, Bruno. Yeah. You know, yeah. from, from 30 years earlier, like he's like, um, he's like PBR. They've been coasting on that blue metal win for the last 130 years. Right. <laughs> Way <laughs> to rest on your laurels. Like, yeah, right. Right. Um, so Zabisco ends up putting Garvin in a, a abominable stretch and um, he tags us. Uh, Garvin ends up tagging Sting while in it, who comes in and whips everyone's ass. And it was just like, biz- like kind of bizarre. And then Zabisco cuts him off with an eye rake. Um, but now Eddie Gilbert's legal. So it kind of gets like um, sloppy. A little bit. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so then Steiner ends up doing a uh, bear hug and um, like to slow the match down. And then he eventually suplexes Hayes, but he gets a two count. You get everyone in the ring again. And then um, the time runs out. I hated it. Weird, right? For a time limit draw in the first match? In the first match, because you want to get the crowd invested. And the crowd was hot. Like you said, that big skirmish in the ring, the crowd was into it, dude. Mm -hmm. The real finish here should have been Sting pins Eddie Gilbert. Yeah, that would have made Not that Eddie Gilbert was bulletproof. Yeah. But he could have taken an L here, and Sting should have gotten the win for his team. Right, right. That's how you build it. Like, And especially knowing four months later, Sting's facing Ric Flair for the title... Stink should have gotten the win for his team here. Yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, Just it was my a, opinion. Yeah, really shitty way to start a show. Good match, shitty finish. Good. Yeah, 100% agree. 100% yeah. Even agree. if your crowd gets hot at the end of a, of a time limit, it means that they're going to die down when there is a time limit draw. So, yeah. yeah. D- didn't like that finish. Yeah, yeah I mean, Stink could have even won the small package. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Like something like just a, a quick pin. Yeah, so like, Eddie Gilbert at least has an out. They yeah. should have given Sting the win for his team here. Yeah, a quick lucky pin. Yes, exactly. Yeah, totally. So, yeah, great opening match. Exactly like you said. Great opening match, bad finish. Right, right. Yeah. Also, just with the wide shots, I don't know if this was addressed. It seems like the ring was five feet smaller or something like well, that. Well, it's a 16-foot ring. WWE uses a 20-foot ring, so you're used to seeing a 20-foot ring, so it is smaller than what you're used I'm to seeing. I'm very used to seeing a 20-foot ring, if that's the case. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Cool. Uh, they throw down to Missy Hyatt, who's near the dressing rooms. And she says... Is she? She says, we're going to see Ric Flair and Ronnie Garvin going up again. 
<laughs> she has the best words. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she knows words. She has words and shit. <laughs> she can say things. Yeah, it was riveting stuff. It really was, dude. Mm-hmm. Next match is for the UWF Heavyweight Championship. The champion, Dr. Death, Steve Williams, taking on Barry Windham. So, Steve Williams comes out wearing an Oklahoma Sooners football jersey. JR probably acting the way I did when I saw George Kittle at WrestleMania. Yeah. JR's like, I can only get so hard, Dr. Death. Come on. (laughs) It's Dr. Death and an Oklahoma... (laughs) Come on. We're going to kill JR here. Also, uh, on our famous, like, uh, shirt... uh, thing on the pre-show on the second day we also saw Talanoa Funga and Charverius Ward uh, while George Kittle was being interviewed and we're trying to throw up the shirt to the camera but, <laughs> and but I yeah. had no idea who anybody was it happens it, it, yeah. it's okay yeah so this is the Western States Heavyweight Championship right uh, that's what Barry Windham held but yeah, technically Bar- this was for the UWF title yes right right Barry had the Western States Heavyweight Championship which was kind of a bullshit. I think they did establish that, but yeah, not on the Yeah, it was kind of a bullshit title. It was named after a title out of Amarillo. It was sort of a tribute to the Amarillo territory. Okay. Um, which the Funks owned, um, and they eventually sold it to uh, Murdoch and Mulligan, eventually bought that, and they tried to expand into California, and it didn't work. They did a show in, like, uh, Hollister or some fucking or oh, Watson, shit. Watsonville or something like that. Yeah, they tried to, inv- they tried to invade um, Roy, Sh- Roy Shire's territory by oh going gosh. into Watsonville. Well, uh, it didn't work out, man. Folding it, I think, after like a year. But it was the Western States Heavyweight Championship, but it was almost never defended there. It was mostly defended on the East Coast. Yeah, it's weird they didn't put Watsonville into that California love song. It's such yeah. a big place here. A major oversight on uh, the part of Tupac. I agree. I agree. <laughs> Just for that, I'm uh, next recording. I'll go on location to Watsonville. <laughs> Adam's our traveling sure, reporter. Yeah, I'm right. sure they have. A McDonald's there. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure you can find a good taqueria, at least. Probably. But is, is this where they, they kind of show you how they value the UWF heavyweight title? I mean, no offense to mm-hmm. Barry Windham. He's one of the greatest, I would say probably the most underrated guy NWA, WCW ever had. Probably. But they put the Western States Heritage title on him. That's fine. Yeah. But he's the guy that faces the UWF heavyweight champion. And it's mm-hmm. not even like a unification bout or anything. Right, right. Yeah, it's for a title that they so have no plans weird. for. Yeah, yeah exactly. Right, like, if he, like if he'd won, would he have just, it just would it still would have just disappeared in a month? Yeah, dude, there was way more prestige on the TV title. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Especially yeah. as people had seen that for years. Because a lot of people, if you didn't watch UWF or you didn't watch Mid-South, if you were out of the Mid-South area, you wouldn't have seen Mid-South whatsoever. Exactly. You know, um... So, yeah, like this, I mean, yeah, the U.S. title had history behind it. This was kind of bullshit. It was like a lame title. And second match on the card. And second match on the card, which is the death spot. Right. Um, so death right away, Gorilla presses Barry. Well, there was a handshake. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, there was a handshake. So the story of this match is these guys are friends. They're going to have like a friendly fight. Right. But you two know? minutes in, Chicago is shitting all over this. Chicago hates a friendly they fight, apparently. hate it, dude. They want, Chicago it. wants to see guys beat the fucking shit out of each other. Kick each other in the dicks. Fuck the handshakes. Yeah. That hella makes sense. There was like a lot of sportsmanship in it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Chicago's not a fan. Notice yeah. That. So okay. he gorilla presses Barry, but he does a few reps with him. He's strong as fuck because Barry is a huge dude. 
Uh, and I don't doubt Barry's helping him. You know, he's doing a push-up off a of death's shoulder. Right. But still, just to lift a dude... I mean, to lift a barbell that weighs what Barry Windham weighs, you got to be strong as shit. But yeah. to lift a human body that's not balanced for it, you know, and he's, like I said, he's helping balance himself, but still, like, that's just incredible. He's right. fucking... Barry, because Barry uh, is huge. And, and, and fucking JR's boner at this point is just tremendous. Oh, yeah, it's out of control. You can't even help it anymore. He's about to pass out. Yeah, right. <laughs> All the blood's leaving his head. Exactly. Um, and so it's kind of like cruiserweight style to start, but these guys are humongous. They're doing a bunch of quick reverses, and you know everyone's trying to go for a move, and nobody can hit it because the other guy reverses it. It's almost like right. it's almost like watching like Lucha Libre for a second. Which is the beauty of I think more so Barry Windham than Doctor Death. Yes, he was the because more of the athletic guy. Right, Wyndham could wrestle a different style. Mm -hmm. um, Dr. Death was more of your power guy. Yeah. Not really accustomed to doing this. I mean, he did fine, but I think it's 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 more saying how good Wyndham was in the ring. Yeah, exactly. Um, so eventually slows down with Death gets a side headlock. He ends up shooting Barry into the rope. And this was cool. I've never seen this spot before. He went to do a leapfrog, which Barry Wyndham is, what, six foot six? Yes. He goes to leapfrog a six foot six guy, six guy and he takes a headbutt to the dick. Yeah, yeah. Right to the nuts. And I almost, <laughs> I almost thought it was a botch for a second, you know, just because I've never seen it. No, it was a spot. Yeah, sure. and, right. And then you kind of get that, okay, Barry's going to let him catch his breath. He's going to let him recover. He's not going to get on top of him and fuck him right. up. Right. Again, so then I was like, oh, no, this is part of the match. It's kind of, it reminded me of Piper versus Brett at WrestleMania 8. Very much so, yes. Right? Very much so. But I'm waiting for a cheap shot like like we got from Piper. Right, right. You're thinking, okay, Barry's going to turn heel here. Yeah, but it never happens really. Not a cheap shot per se. Um, it's a really short match, so I'll just get right to the end. Barry goes for a crossbody, misses it, hits the top rope. He goes out. He bounces off the rope and lands on his fucking feet on the floor, which was incredible for a dude that size. Skills. While he, while he's coming back in, Doctor Death catches him in a quick cradle for the win. Um, the pin Weird finish. It, it, well, it was kind of like uh, I thought it was actually a pretty cool finish. <coughs> I mean, storyline wise, because obviously this was about the story of the feud between the two guys that's coming. And it wasn't was, a great match, though. No, it wasn't a great match. It was probably less than five minutes long. Um, not a lot went on, and the, they totally botched the pin because Death completely had his arm under Barry's shoulder. Right I'm during right. the pin because he locked yep. his hands together in that cradle. Exactly. Um, uh, we got 650 on this match. Okay, so, 650, yeah. That's their ballpark, at least. Yeah, so they didn't do a whole lot. And like I said, I think this was setting up something down the road because I'm assuming these guys had more matches after this. Nope. They didn't. Nope. Well, shit. <laughs> no, it's awful, dude. And Barry Windham was going 60 minutes with Ric Flair in I don't even know how many towns like a year before this. Well, that's ridiculous. Oh, it's stupid. Like that's ridiculous. On, on paper, this should have been one of the best matches on the card. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And as Adam said, six minutes, 50 seconds for that kind of a weird finish. Yeah. I thought the it was, crowd was shitting all over and chanting boring and, the and they were didn't wrong. even ring. Yeah. I actually thought yeah. it was, I thought it was fairly well booked if you're booking long-term, but no, it was not a long-term feud at all because three months later, Barry Windham and Lex Luger win, or maybe even two months later, Barry Windham and Ric Flair win, or, sorry, Barry Windham and Lex Luger win the tag team titles and Barry Windham turned heel like four months after this. Okay, well. Yeah, and Dr. Death was in like the varsity club. So yeah, there was no long-term booking. It was done. So this after is example, match, that was it. So this is example two of shitty booking for the night. And, and shitty match number two. Shitty match number two, yeah. Well, I yeah. mean, the first match was okay. It was just the finish was shit. Well, no, no, um, no, I mean in the history of, of the second match on a pay-per-view. Oh, This just oh, absolutely oh, feeds yeah. into that, what Jericho said. Right, right, right. 
Yeah, exactly. Kiss of death match. Yeah. So let's get on to the next match. The next match is a a non-title Skywalker's match. So you Nobody mentioned Nobody named Luke. Yeah, <laughs> I know that's lame. All right. The Midnight Express, who are the US tag champions with Jim Cornette and Big Bubba Rogers taking on the Rock and Roll Express. So you mentioned earlier that they had booked a scaffold match the previous year. Yep, and, and it did it, big business for them. It did big business, so why not do it again? But a reason not to do it again is because it wasn't good the first time. Exactly. Like, exactly. T- like I would think, like, oh, that match sucked. Let's not, book it, but it, but it popped, uh, uh, you know, a buy rate. Let's yep. not do it again though, because it's not going. Nobody's going to tune in to see this because they know it's going to suck. Yep, exactly. And I think that's what happened after this one because we didn't see another scaffold match, to the best of my knowledge, on a pay per view until. Great American Bash 91. That was and we was, reviewed that pay-per-view. The one we covered. Yeah, the one with Stone Cold, right? Yeah. Yeah, there yeah. might have been one at a Great American Bash, if I'm not mistaken. And it would have been like the Road Warriors versus the Russians or something. But it okay. wasn't going to headline a major, major pay-per-view like Starkid. Because this was basically the NWA's WrestleMania. Yeah. And they never had another scaffold match highlight or main event another Starcade. Okay. Um. So the first thing I thought is, why do you have a scaffold match go on third? Dude. It seemed weird, but then after the match, they end up going to a bunch of backstage stuff so they can tear the scaffold down. Tear it down, yep. Which I was like, yeah, I guess if you're sitting, because the scaffold straddles the ring. So for anyone who's not seen it, it's shaped like a horseshoe, Yep. I guess, but with 90 degree angles instead of being round on top. Um, And the, the parts of the scaffold that come to the floor are dead center in the middle of the ring. They're right at that, I guess, eight foot mark. So if you're sitting on that side of the ring, you're looking at a ring with a scaffold blocking the center of it. Yep. You know, like a four foot wide scaffold. So it makes sense to take it out after that. Cause I was like, why are they taking it down? It was there the whole time. But then I'm like, no, it's blocking a lot of people's views. Then why not start with the match? Right. Put it on, put it on first. Cause everybody had to watch the first two matches with this stupid scaffold in the way. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So exactly. Was, so another bad Unless idea. Unless they needed some time for the duct tape to adhere. Or... <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, because it didn't look like it was rigged the best. Because if you look at the top of it, it's got wires rigging it to the ceiling. But the wires are coming off at about a 30 degree angle, but only on one side. So it actually looks like it could tip toward the wires. Yeah. If someone were to try it, like Bubba, like if Bubba accidentally walked into it, wasn't paying attention to where he was going, it looked like it could fall over toward those wires. It wouldn't hit the floor, but it would tip. And in 86, it looked rickety as fuck, too. It did. It looked rickety as fuck. It did not look safe. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, it was pretty crazy. Um, so right away, um, they all they all go up there pretty much within a, the first minute. There's a little bit of uh, fighting in the ring between two of them, but they pretty much all end up uh, there. Big Bubba attacks Ricky Morton before he heads up, so that essentially becomes a two-on-one on top of the scaffold for the first yeah. few minutes yeah mm-hmm. uh corny gets bumped right away but the camera misses it so you don't really know exactly what happens to him you just hear it and then you see him on the mat right um and um there's not really He's much okay, to, though. i don't know how much detail we need for this match other than there were a lot of tennis racket shots yes a lot of and, punching a lot of kicking and a lot of tennis racket because there's not a lot you could do on a scaffold nobody's gonna no. take you're not taking any bumps on it or not a lot of bumps anyway definitely no frankensteiners no, nobody. <laughs> yeah, or a destroyer. <laughs> right. I guess maybe I just haven't seen as many scaffold matches. This seemed like one of the better ones, only because there was more uh, attempts to fight instead of catching your balance and get the quick move 
and yeah, it was like probably that. it was probably better than the other one we watched, but it wasn't. I still hated it. it. No, it was not good at all. No, um, it really wasn't. I mean, the Rock I mean, and Roll Express regardless, finishing. You're still on a scaffold. Yeah, yeah, and the Rock and Roll Express finishing move is a double drop kick. There's no way in fuck they're doing that on a scaffold. No, not no, even this like, one, which isn't actually that tall. It's only probably twelve feet high. Yeah, yeah. Which is part of what's lame about the scaffold, because well, we'll get to the finish, but they all they always finish the same way. Um, but um, Bobby Eaton takes like four racket shots to the head, and he's not getting his hand up at all. So I'm like, that thing's got to be like rubber or something. Like that can't be. Yeah. A, or I guess you could hit a guy with the laces on a racket. It right was now. maybe if they're loose. Yeah, if they're loose, I would say so. Yeah, I guess. But I mean, he's. But then again, it was completely covered, so maybe it wasn't a wire rack. Maybe. Oh, it's like foam or something in it. Or maybe there's nothing in between Possibly. it. Maybe there's no. Maybe it was empty. Maybe it was yeah. made from Nerf. Yeah, I guess yeah, it could be. Yeah. I guess it could be empty, and with the cover on it, you wouldn't really be able to tell. Maybe that's you wouldn't what even it was. know. Yeah, yeah, you'd just point. be getting hit with fabric. Good um, point. Robert gets busted open, and I'm like, I'm not sure a scaffold match needs blood, especially since I'm assuming Flair is going to be bleeding in about an hour and a half. When well, Dusty <laughs> and Dusty, which I wasn't even think. Well, at this point, I don't think I realized that was a cage match because I just glanced at the card. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Um, beautiful Bobby does a powder in the eyes spot, but he spills most of it. Okay, um, that had to be cocaine, dude. I know I always joke about this. You say this, this every time. <laughs> I do, but it's 1987, dude. Like, it's, well, it's coke. Well, if it was, he got it from Jimmy Garvin because we'll talk about his promo after this match. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, you caught that too, huh? Oh, dude, I have a little bit on that, yeah. yeah. So they kept, they said it like, Tony Schiavone said like five times it's salt. And it was like, it was not salt at all. It looked nothing. It was, no. looked like baby powder. It you looked know? like baby powder. It was like yeah. a big cloud of it. It was stuck to everything. It was clearly not salt. They could have just said it was like anything. You know, I mean, getting powder in your eyes would fuck you up. It doesn't even have to be salt. It was weird that all four guys brought out straws, though. <laughs> <laughs> Little everyone, razor blades. Everyone but Bubba. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, There's cool. also one point where. Uh, Jared points out when they were uh, wrestling on the edges of the scaffolds that they're over concrete, not the ring. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah, right. It, because like at the outside of the ring, right? Because it's wider than the ring is. Right, right. Um, so Stan Lane ends up getting on the bottom of the thing and he tries to monkey bar across from one side to get away from Ricky, but he falls, so he's out. Um, then um, beautiful Bobby gets double teamed. Yep. He, he ends up rolling to the bottom and the finish was kind of cool. Robert Gibson was hanging like sort of like he had his arms holding him up on the scaffold and he was like scissor kicking him right and then and you had ricky morton on the other side hitting him, him with, as well and hitting him with the racket yeah that's right yeah and then um that's it he falls and they win yeah midnight express loses another scaffold match exactly yeah right and then um then bubba goes up there and he gets punched in the dick yeah and then midnight he falls and, for and the express standard uh look over there tactic yeah, yeah. And the Rock and Roll Express runs away. Yeah, yeah. Like it was weird for the faces. Yeah, right. Yeah, the face punches the guy in the dick and runs away. Yeah, yeah, it was weird. Yeah, yeah. really bizarre. Um, yeah, and it's just like those scaffold matches, they, and nobody wants to take a bump off the top of it, so they hang from it and let go, and then at that point, you're only falling like four feet, which can still fuck you up landing on your feet, you know, like, sure. like, still like, what, hurts, yeah. like what happened to Cornette. Right, but right, yep. Blues you're expecting out. something much more spectacular, and you're not getting it. Like, these matches don't. If they did, if uh, Spike Dudley and Darby Allen did a, a scaffold match, then it would like deliver on its expectations. Or Vic Grimes and New Jack. Vic Grimes and New Jack. Yeah. Okay. That's you're right. That's the best scaffold match of all time. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and uh, Spike and Darby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so word on the street is that the powers of pain because they made their debuts in the nwa shortly after this show they were supposed to go into a series of scaffold matches with the road warriors when they were having their feud okay the reason the powers of pain ended up in the wwf is because they straight up refused to lose the scaffold match neither of them wanted to drop which makes sense those guys are well over six feet muscled to the gills they didn't want to take that fall nwa insists that they do it they're like fuck you we quit went and signed with vince huh never knew that yeah, so there's the downfall of the scaffold match as well. Okay, yeah, I mean, that makes sense. If you're those guys, you don't want to fall off that shit. Fuck no. Yeah. I don't care how much you're paying me. Fuck that shit. We saw what happened right. to Corny. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Hmm. Um. So yeah, so then backstage, we've got Michael Hayes and Jimmy Garvin, and Jimmy Garvin won't fucking shut up, dude. Which is weird because you've got Michael Hayes standing uh, there. And Michael Hayes starts looking kind of annoyed. Like, he starts staring off into space. Like, he's clearly <laughs> not even listening anymore. He's just kind of like, I, why do I even come here? I made a note. I I was figuring the director or stage manager was doing the stretch motion behind the camera. I mean, maybe, but you'd think if that's what it was, that he would toss to Hayes. Right. You know, you right. had two guys there that could talk, and only one of them did. And, I mean, it was just like, my brother Ronnie, my brother Ronnie. It was like, it was crazy, dude. He I've wouldn't stop. A, it was like a filibuster. Yeah, I've never seen a promo like that. No, never. I couldn't believe it. I'm like, <laughs> wait, he's still going. Yeah, right, right. I was like, he's like, he must have pre-gamed before the party at Nature's room after the show. Right. <laughs> <laughs> that was about as long as my deuce. <laughs> yeah, right. Shit. <laughs> <laughs> um, Which, by but, the way, it was the one where I wanted to do part by part this isn't my room i don't want to destroy a toilet so you you didn't do this in your room no the i mean it, it's a hotel room i don't want to no no cut cut it off <laughs> this isn't worthy i can't uh <laughs> we already made this this stretch uh remark but that was just a quick one but, okay. oh my god that's great all right <coughs> oh my god i got bruised ribs dude take it easy on me. <laughs> oh my god that was fantastic um so after Next that time we get... go on a trip you want me to stretch out a deuce uh just to uh, do the <laughs> do the hand signal i don't want to have anything to do uh, with steve it. williams comes in for a response uh for his match he and says he mentions he... oh go ahead yeah, he said he fought back like the Sooners did last week. Now you cue the music. And so I looked this up. I first realized that this pay-per-view actually was on Thanksgiving Day, not just saying overall Thanksgiving Day. The game in reference uh, would have been on Saturday the 21st. It was nicknamed Game of the Century 2. Oklahoma was number one and undefeated up until the previous week and then got ranked number two behind their opponent, the Nebraska Cornhuskers. After being down 7-0 at halftime, Oklahoma came back to win 17-7. Very good. And that's your sports segment with Perfect Strangers Music. Thank good, you. Good homework Spon there, Adam. Very well yeah, done. Sponsored by the Dance of Joy. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have even thought to look that up. That was great. <laughs> Um, Dr. Death also says that Starcade is the biggest thing in wrestling eight months after WrestleMania 3. Right. <laughs> yeah. 
Right, exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was pretty fucking funny. Yeah, obviously <laughs> trying to like downgrade what Survivor Series was. Yeah, so but yeah, just, we're just a few months removed from the biggest fucking pay-per-view of all time. Yeah, it's also not as big as the other pay-per-view that's going on at the same time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's not even exactly. the biggest thing that night. <laughs> I don't know, was there a Bulls game on? That might have been way bigger. And I love that Dr. Death claims to be the wrestling machine of the world. Right, right. He was not a good promo guy at this point. No, he he got that like angry thing going, you know, like he sounds like he's going to kick someone's ass. But the shit he said was just kind of fucking out there. Yeah, it was ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Okay, so how, how, how are you on time, Scott? What time do you have to leave? I have 11. to leave for like another, I would say 30 minutes. 30 to 35 minutes. 30 minutes. Yeah, okay, I think we're doing good, dude. Okay, okay. Let's just not spend too much time on the next match because I don't think anybody cares about this match. That's what you had said. Yeah, 15 seconds. We're good on time. Yeah, okay. Oh, that's right. I did say that to you earlier. Yeah, nobody yeah. cares about fucking Terry Taylor. I mean, I care about Nikita Koloff, but... Yeah, yeah. What? As established earlier, this is the one and only unification match. The UWF and NWA Television Championship unification between Terry Taylor, the UWF uh, TV champion, with Eddie Hot Stuff Gilbert taking on the NWA uh, TV champion, Nikita Koloff. So I'm going to give you a few of my notes on this because I thought this match was boring. Until it the was, end. dude. It, it pretty, wasn't great. It got pretty good at the end. So this is the first time I noticed that there are a bunch of photographers around the ring. Like it looks like King of the Ring 93 uh, in oh, the main event. right. You know, I just never noticed until right now that there's a bu- like a lot of photographers and one of them looks like fucking Judge Janine. She's like right there on the side. You know Judge Janine uh, oh, Pirro? Yeah. Yeah. yeah, she looks like her. And I was like, and before that, a camera, one of the outside floor cameras was super crooked. The dude was holding it like at a 45 degree angle, like he was doing an ECW show or something. And I was like, <laughs> and then I was, yeah, it looked like he was drunk. I was like, is the camera guy drunk? Then I see Judge Janine and I'm like, maybe he was drinking. Maybe that is her. He was drinking with her. Oh, shit. <laughs> Did you ever Wait, see that? With her or Cecily Strong doing Judge Janine? Or oh, that'd be even better. Did you ever see the clip where she was drunk on her show? No. She came on the air like 15 minutes late. Like the show was supposed to start at like five or whatever. It started at like 5.15. And she gets on there. She's all disheveled. Her hair is all messed up. And right at the edge of the shot, you could see a straw, like a bendy straw. Was like, <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Yeah, like the tip of a bendy straw was in the shot. Fantastic. Yeah, it looked like she had a margarita over there. It was funny as hell. And she's slurring, you know, like she was clearly fucking drunk. Um, it was That's great. That's where we got our idea for our show from. Yeah, right. We ripped off Judge Janine. <laughs> <laughs> um, so that means so, at some point one of us has to go like, <laughs> <laughs> So it's just hold, 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 hold. Um, I'm completely bored. Um, it picked up for a second and then slowed right down. And I missed what happened because I was looking at Twitter. Um <laughs> And here's here's uh, one of my notes. WWE Championship, Block the Blue, Red Remdesivir, Inflation, Ashanti, Repeal, Happy Birthday to the Goat, Sunday Funday, Chuck Todd, Why Can't Men Be Left Alone, Backlash, Bed Bath & Beyond, Lee Majors. Do you know what any of those are? No idea. Those were all trending topics on Twitter while I was watching this match. <laughs> Wait, what happened to Lee Majors? I don't know. Did he die? I don't. I don't know. I didn't I click hope on not. it. I didn't hear about. Did it that. happen out of Bed Bath and Beyond? <laughs> yeah, maybe, yeah. He went to a Bed Bath and Beyond. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe he's dead. Maybe there was a Blood Bath and Beyond. Oh. I don't know. I didn't click it. But uh, yeah, that's so. That's what I was doing during this match. Got it. Um, Did yeah. You catch the finish. 
I did catch the finish. Um, I also caught that Terry Taylor has like a surgical scar on his stomach that I never noticed before. Hmm. Yeah, I don't like above his belly button. Interesting lipo. Um, <laughs> maybe. Um, he ends up working Nikita Koloff's knee through most of the match. Eddie Gilbert ends up. It starts when Eddie Gilbert hits him in the knee with a chair. So then his knees fucked up. Terry works it the whole time. Um, he does a figure four on him. Terry does a figure four on Nikita Koloff. Eddie Gilbert's assisting him, which doesn't make any sense when you pull a guy's arms in a figure four that it hurts more. Right, right. Nothing about that makes any sense. Um, Earl is the referee. He catches him. He should have tossed him, but instead of getting to instead of tossing him, he gets distracted by Terry. Then Eddie Gilbert chokes Nikita who picks him up onto the apron because he's so strong he can lift a guy from the floor to the apron. <laughs> they do the spot where Terry charges and Nikita misses, hits Eddie Gilbert. Uh, Nikita hits his clothesline and pins him. The crowd goes wild. Um, it was it could have been better if it was six or seven minutes shorter. Yeah, and yeah I think, it could have been a quick match. Do you have the time on the match, Adam? Because it felt like about 25 minutes to me, but I think it was much less. Uh, let, me, let me look that up. I'm going to guess about 12. All right, he's guessing 12. What do you got? I'm going to say 16. We got 18.58. Okay. Wow, holy shit, that's way too long. Okay, it's longer than I actually thought, but it was shorter than it felt. See, Dr. Death and Barry Windham and this match should have flipped their times in the ring. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. This should have been a really quick match. Yeah, yeah, Nikita yeah. was a badass, dude. He won with the Russian sickle. The right guy won this match. Yeah, Nikita was a badass. Terry Taylor was a really good wrestler, but just kind of bland. You know, he's just bland. Right, like, right. You know, I mean, really, like, the Red Rooster was... The best thing he did. That was charisma. That's you know what I mean? what he's remembered for. Yeah, because it was the most interesting thing he ever... It was when he was the most interesting, I, I thought. As stupid as it was, at least was kind of... It stood out. Did you ever hear that Terry Taylor picked the Red Rooster over Mr. Perfect? They gave him his choice of yeah. the two gimmicks, and uh -huh. Kurt Henning got what was left? Right, yes. That's true. That's I believe crazy. that's true. Yeah, yeah. He Could you he... imagine if, the other, if it had flipped? Oh, he's as smart as he is charismatic. Dude. <laughs> yeah, I don't know Very what he was good. thinking. Yeah, no, Mr. Make, Perfect, that sounds stupid. I'm going to do the rooster. Yeah. And make sure that you tune in to that episode when we cover what if they actually changed. Not oh, my gosh, yeah. That's oh, that would work. We could do that. would be fun. Um, So that's it for that match. And we talked about it about three times as long as I thought we would. Yeah, way too mm -hmm. long. Yeah. Next match is for the World Tag Team Championship. The champions, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson with J.J. Dillon taking on the Road Warriors with Paul Ellering. Now the crowd is filled and yes. uh, the pretty much set. they waited for this match. They yes. are hot. And yes. you know this is going to be a badass match. Yep. Because the Road Warriors are the Road Warriors. And the hometown heroes. Yeah, and I know we just did an episode about the, the Dudleys being the best team of all time, but that was, I mean, for me anyway, that was basing that on their credentials rather 100%. than rather than their in-ring work. The Brainbusters might be the best in-ring team I've ever seen. They were so I agree with you. good. They were incredible. Everyone they ever had a match with was good. That's why you know, I love FTR. They take a lot of what the Brainbuster did so well. Right, they remind me of the Brainbusters. Yeah. 100%. Yeah, yes. and I think they're by far the best tag team right now. Yeah, I totally agree with They would have they you. would have those matches in WWE with the Rockers and the Hart Foundation and they were just incredible. Yes. Yes. Awesome. Agreed. Awesome fucking team. Um Arn comes right at Hawk like a badass, like fuck this, I'll just go kick his ass. And he ends up taking a flare bump from the top rope because he gets yep. him a couple shots and then goes up top. He, he gets but, he gets pressed and uh, what? 
walks to the center of the ring, slams him. Yeah, he yeah. presses him and takes him for a walk and then slams him. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, like just right away showing how much more powerful they are. Yeah, the Road Warriors just absolutely dominated the first portion of the match. And mm-hmm. that is a good start because the crowd, like you guys said, so hot for the Road Warriors right now. Exactly, yeah. The, uh, the, this is what they wanted. Yeah, Arnon's, they started the match perfectly. Yeah, Arn and Tully couldn't do shit for the first probably five minutes. Easy, yeah. Every They'd get a shot on them and just get cut off right away. It was just not, They had zero offense. It was great. And the crowd I mean, popped for every fucking thing. Yeah, they were just completely dominated by them. Um, JJ tries to punk out Ellering outside the ring. Like, he's trying to distract the Road Warriors. Right. And, you know, that doesn't really work. Um, Tully, uh, Tully's takes a powder and animal gorilla presses him and throws him back in. Yeah. Through the second which, rope. Yeah. Through the second rope. Yeah. That was ease. an awesome spot. Yeah. And and then Hawk, I forgot how good that guy's drop kick was. Yeah, dude. He does a drop kick like Randy Orton almost. Right. Like right. It's not quite, it was impressive. Yeah. It's not quite as um, elegant looking, but it, he gets as high. And for somebody you that's know, built like Hawk too, you're like, holy shit. Yeah, he's probably got 40 pounds on Randy Orton. 40 or 50 yeah. pounds on him. I mean, he's no Coco beware. Right. But yeah, he's up there definitely with Orton's dropkick for sure. Yeah, it's inc- it's insane. Yeah, it's crazy. Yeah. Kind of like Billy Gunn. Billy Gunn is huge. Yeah, you know, he's way bigger than yes. he he kind of looks. He's deceptively large, and he had a killer dropkick too. Yeah. Um, totally goes for a crossbody off the top on Animal. And he gets caught with a slam, which was great. Yeah. And then he tags Arn, and Arn doesn't want to get in. Yeah, he's like, fuck. He's looking at these guys like, what, what the fuck am I supposed to do to them? <laughs> yeah, nothing has worked. I don't want to get pressed again. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so he gets in, he takes a few shots, and he powders out of the ring too. And they're just like, what do we do? They have no idea how to deal with these guys. And, and to your point earlier about them being the best tag team of all time in ring work, this is what made them so good. They're a heel tag team, 100% playing their heel role, taking powders, mm-hmm. making the other guys look like a million bucks. That's just what they did. They were so good at it. They knew exactly how to work with whoever they were working with. Absolutely. You know, and they're doing exactly what they should have been done in this with monster baby face, just getting their asses yep. tossed, literally tossed around. At one point, Warrior throws Tully, or Hawk throws Tully at um, uh, Animal, and Animal catches him in a bear hug, and then he does squats with him. Yeah. Like, they're yeah. treating him like fucking children. It's like yeah, they're fighting rag children. Yeah, fucking throwing him around the ring and shit. Yeah, yeah. Um... And they finally, finally, Arn and Tully get something going when um, Animal goes for another press slam on Arn and Tully takes his knee out. Right. And then they start working on his knee. So that's what you do. You ground the big guy. Right. Right. So Take he gets to, legs. Yeah. He gets to where he can't use the leg and um, they do a figure four on him, which is, I don't think we, I think we skipped it in the previous match. I don't remember if we did. This is the second match in a row with a figure four on a guy with a bad leg. Oh, yeah, you mentioned that. They were working okay. over Nikita's leg. Yeah, they were working over Nikita's leg. So this is match two where a figure four goes on a guy with a bad leg. Yep. Um, and then Arn's, got, Arn's on top of um, Hawk, but he goes to do... I'm not sure what he was trying to do, but he went to jump on top of him, and he takes two knees to the dick. It, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and then Animal tags in, and he starts a clean house, but Tully trips him. And this is where shit goes crazy. The match just breaks down. This is the breakdown. The referee, uh, was Tommy Young? Tommy, Tommy Young. Young. Tommy Young ends up taking a bump to the floor, which there's no padding out there. It's a wood no. floor. Yeah. It's concrete. Yeah. 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 Um, and then and it was deli- that was a deliberate uh, hit. Too. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, right, right. He totally didn't see came- Tully coming. Yeah, Tully came and hit him from behind. He went right out of the ring onto that floor. Yeah. Um, Arn ends up taking a bump over the top rope. And at this point, Earl shows up, 
like, oh, I'll take over. I don't know where Earl was. They showed a replay. He looked like he came from out of the crowd. Yeah. But Earl shows up like he's going to take over for Tommy Young. And then um, they the Road Warriors end up hitting a doomsday device on Arn. Earl makes it in for the three count, and the place goes berserk. Lost their fucking minds. They lost their fucking mind. And then what do they do? Because Dusty was booking. Dusty finish. Tommy Young comes in. He says that they tossed Arn over the top. They show the replay. They did toss Arn over the top. Which is a DQ in the NWA. It's DQ. And Tommy Young was the original referee. Because Earl's like, no, I didn't see that happen. But he's the original referee. On the replay, you see when he's on his ass, he is... He saw it straight happen. at him. He yeah. saw it happen. Yeah, the referee was right in the right place. You know, yeah. like they, they actually pulled it off perfectly. Like, take the bump here, make sure you're turned around in enough time to catch it. You know, Tommy um, Young was fantastic, dude. He was he really was good. So good. He yeah. was a really good ref. Yeah. Um, and that was that. And the Road Warriors left with the titles, but they were not the champions. And they announced it. They, you yes. know, they, they actually announced it in the crowd because at first you can't tell if the crowd knows. And they announced it. The crowd shits all over it. Dude, horrible. Just horrible. fucking horrible. Yeah. Which makes you wonder, so you could uh, intentionally hit a ref, but you can't throw somebody else in the view of the ref. Well, he didn't know he intentionally got hit because he got hit from behind. You know what I mean? But He couldn't yeah. tell that Tully shot him out of the ring on purpose. But he saw Tully yeah. get tossed over the top rope. True. Correct. Yeah. And did yeah. you notice, I also want to go back to the Doomsday device. Did you notice how they dropped Arn? No, I didn't. Animal fell straight back with him. Normally, they just flip oh, yeah, the yeah. guy off Animal's shoulders. Right. Animal fell with Arn. Oh, like an electric chair? Yes. Oh, I didn't so, even catch that. Taking care of Arn Anderson. Right, right. They're yeah, like, we're not going to flip your legs up and make you do all these flippies in the air. We're going to fall with you. and Put him down easy. Put yeah. him down easy. Yep. Mm. That's good business, dude. That's good yeah, business. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Next up, we have Jack Gregory and Magnum T.A. backstage. They throw it to Bob Cottle, who's with Nikita Koloff. He says a bunch of Russian shit. He says a bunch of shit in a bad Russian accent, and I didn't pay attention to any of it. Yeah. Didn't yeah. once mention uh, Rocky. I'm He's rolling Rocky. No. <laughs> yeah. I must break you. <laughs> <laughs> I might have gotten up to get coffee at this point, to be honest. All right. Well, while Eddie was getting coffee, J.J. Yeah, Dillon comes in. I watched it this morning. <laughs> he says that it's the most important night of his life, which makes, which I couldn't find on any resources. Is, is he married? Or yeah. <laughs> Good question. That's, I don't know. That's interesting. I don't know if he was yeah. then. But, it was a big night yeah. for the horsemen, though. Well, yeah. Yeah, it was because, um, Yeah. Uh, they the, had uh, the, the potential to walk out of this thing with all the gold. With all the gold, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. That would have been cool, actually. That would have been a really good... You know what? I didn't even think about that. That would have been a good move. Like, if you want to be the talk of wrestling the day after Survivor Series... Yeah. Have the Four Horsemen unify all the, all the titles. Hold all the fucking gold. Fuck, yeah. dude. More bad booking. <laughs> right? <laughs> <laughs> okay, did you announce the um, match? Uh, no, but okay. uh, here it is. The next match is a steel cage match for the United States Championship. Lex Luger with J.J. Dillon. He, uh, Lex is the champion entering, taking on Dusty Rhodes. The stipulation is that Dusty Rhodes cannot wrestle for a 90-day period if he loses. Yeah, if he loses, he gets a 90-day vacation. <laughs> Terrible. I would have been lying. I would have laid down. What kind of stupid stipulation is that? 
I'm gonna go spend oh, 90 days in Vegas. Weird one. Yeah, as they started to announce it, I was like, wait, does he leave? And I'm like, no, because he doesn't go to WWE for a few more years. And then they right. finish saying, and I'm like, oh no, he just gets a fucking vacation. That's he awesome. Gets a vacation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. yeah exactly. There was this tag team turmoil match a few, maybe in the last year. Uh, Xavier and Kofi were in the ring to start the match. Xavier immediately jumps on his back. Uh, Kofi go- goes for a pinfall, meaning that both of them would win. Then. Everyone yeah. just uh, just charges the ring. I, yeah, if I were Dusty Rhodes, I would have been like, let me get on my back. Give, give me them pina coladas. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I would have laid down like fucking Jeff Jarrett. Right, right. Yeah. Pin me, pay me. That's right. Um, so Johnny Weaver holds the key to the cage, um, which he's kind of a weird choice because he was a big deal in the mid-Atlantic era. Uh, area. He's wrestled since like, I want to say the late 50s. Like he was like around for 100 years. But he wasn't really a big deal in Chicago. He was never like an NWA guy or AWA guy or even like the early Chicago territories that preceded that, like uh, Fred Collar or anyone like that. So it's kind of a weird choice. It wasn't like you get the hometown. It wasn't like do the match at the Cow Palace and get Pat Patterson to hold it or something. It's like- They should have had Andre Dawson fucking do it. Or yeah, or I was like, or Mr. T. Right, exactly, a Chicago guy. Yeah, or like uh, the refrigerator. Right, someone exactly. like that. Yeah, but they get exactly. Johnny Weaver. Who oh, probably, that would have been perfect refrigerator. Yeah, just probably two most years people in there removed. Yeah, mm-hmm. from eighty-five. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Yeah, but probably most people in there didn't even know who the fuck Johnny Weaver was. I would agree with you on that. Yeah, I mean, I had to look him up. I've heard his name, but I didn't really know anything about him. I was like, oh, is he like a legend in that area? No. Right. Um, what I was kind of laughing at going into this match is you look at both guys in the cage about to face off and fight. Mm-hmm. To the average person, you look at those two guys facing off and you're like, how is this a match? Right, right. Yeah, two exactly. Two totally different body types in there. Like, right. You're, you're of like course, the... as wrestling fans, we're like, of course this makes sense. But to the average person, this does not make any sense. Oh, yeah. Like if you're watching the pay-per-view and like your friend who doesn't watch wrestling is over. Yeah. They're like, one dude looks like fucking Superman. Yeah. <laughs> yes. And the other dude is like old and out of shape with the, like a, <laughs> he looks like his liver is going out with that splotch on his stomach. <laughs> <laughs> paper mache forehead. Yeah. Paper mache forehead. I wonder if Cody put that enormous mess on his neck so he would have a matching splotch with Dusty. <laughs> he should have put it on his stomach. Oh my God, that's great. <laughs> that would have been funny. <clears throat> I love it. Um, so Dusty's dominating Lex mostly with holds at the beginning of the match. He's like, he's outworking him the way a veteran would because he's got 15 more years in the business than Lex does at this point. And the announcers are really catching on to that too. Yes, right. He's the veteran. He's, yeah, right. He knows what to do. He's totally dominating him. Yes. Lex can't really do much. Dusty put him in a Kimura. Did you catch that that was a Kimura? I did, yep. That's crazy. I've never seen a Kimura. I mean, I guess I've seen him, but not in a match like this, you know? Like, yeah, yeah. Besides, like, 87. Yeah, that was, like, a move, like, you'd see, like, a dude in Japan do, you know? Like, right. some old Japanese matches you'd see, but to see Dusty do a Kimura, I was like, who taught yeah. him that? That was badass. Yeah, that was really cool. Um, and Dusty is taking his time, dude. He's working like his cardio is as bad as it looks. <laughs> Um, Luger ends up getting out of the um, the Kimura and he slams Dusty into the into the cage face first. And Dusty's wearing the crimson mask. Yeah, right shocking. away. Yeah, shocking. Um, and uh, it looked Lug- like he. I think he bladed himself when he was checking on, on it. Yeah, he went and sat it in the lo- corner. Yeah, yeah, it looked yeah. like that motion. So that's typically yeah. when they do it. They'll go down and yeah. sell it like they're holding their head, like they're hurt, and but right. they'll be bladed. But, I don't know. Just usually, I think in the few t- in the few times that I've actually seen blading, 
it just didn't seem as obvious like that one. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, it was fairly obvious, but I mean, I mean, for me it was because I was looking for it, I guess, because as soon as I saw him hit the cage. Yeah, I knew, you knew. I, yeah. I knew it was coming. I knew blood was coming next. Yeah. You know, but um, yeah, some typically that's the way they'll do it. They'll do it yeah. like um, right after hitting, you know, right after a move. Um, some guys will do it before. Hogan did it before getting hit with the chair at seven, I believe. Didn't he? I want, oh, yeah, I think you're right. Because you could totally see Hogan do it at seven. Yeah. And Sean did it right before taking a, um, a slingshot into the post at 20. So I've, there are definitely occasions I've seen guys do it beforehand. But yeah, Dust, it's pretty typical. Dusty did it like when, you know, most guys would. Um, and say what you will about Dusty's booking, but he booked himself in this match. But Dusty had that connection with the crowd mm-hmm. that you can never say, oh, he just booked himself and, you know, there was no real payout. No, Dusty's still connected with the crowd big time at this point. Oh, yeah, he was over, brother. It, yeah, for sure. So he earned every bit of this title match with Luger. Yeah, it's not like when uh, Vern was trying to make Greg Gagne the top guy. Exactly, yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, he was. he deserved the spot he was in. A hundred percent, yeah. And it's not just because he booked himself into that position. He earned it with the crowd. The crowd mm-hmm. loved Dusty. Oh, yeah. So there was yeah. no, I mean, okay, you want to call it favoritism, that's fine. But he was earning every bit of it. The crowd ate it all up. They mm-hmm. loved Dusty. Mm-hmm. Um, Dusty reverses an Irish whip on Luger, and he hits a one-legged drop kick, <laughs> which was pretty yeah. cool. Like, you couldn't get up into a full drop kick, but he got one leg up. Yep. Um, there's someone who does that now. I can't think of who it is, but they make it look good, like it's on purpose, but... It was just a shitty drop kick, but it was still pretty cool. Luger barely sells it, and right away he puts Dusty in a torture rack, but Dusty grabs a cage to yes. get himself out. Which was impressive, dude. It was like, holy shit, he's putting Dusty in the rack. Mm-hmm. He lifted his big ass right up, dude, like it was nothing. Right, and also um, let's point out that Hebner is three months away from doing the second most famous thing he'll ever do. You're right, you're right. Yeah, you're totally right. I didn't even think about that. Um so Luger gets him in an arm bar, and I notice Luger is blown up. Dusty's not blown up. Luger is. Right. Could right. you see we how hard? making jokes about cardio, but dude. Yeah, could you see how hard he was breathing? Like his whole dude. mouth was puffing up like uh, like like he's Dizzy Gillespie or something. Yeah. <laughs> it was pretty crazy. And for a long time, it took him a long time to catch his breath. Yeah, it did. Yeah, I was like, fuck, okay, I guess, I guess Dusty's got better cardio than him. Yeah, Luger's yelling for a sleeper. Yeah, yeah. And through this whole time when Luger's been on top... Luger's been working his back, and JR keeps saying that he's working the back to set up the torture rack, but at this point, he starts working his arm for some reason. Uh, yeah. It doesn't make sense. Weird. Like, grab a bear hug and catch your breath. Yeah, exactly. Yes, go for a rest hold, dude. Yeah. But Luger was still, at this point... Pretty green. Very. Maybe two years into the business? Yeah. Maybe less. But yeah, he was definitely rushed to the top of the card. I mean, look at the fucking guy, right? Like, mm-hmm. of course he was. But yeah, you're right, Eddie. Still very green at this point. Right, right. Yeah. Um, so I forgot to mention earlier, who was it that got hit in the knee with the chair? That was Hawk, right? Got hit in the knee. No, he got this. No. Uh, Nikita Koloff did. Nikita. They missed that shot. You didn't see it happen on camera. Right. That happens again in this, um, when, um, JJ takes out Johnny Weaver with a chair. Yeah. You kind of see something happen on the far side of the cage, but you don't, you can't really tell what happened. And then you see what happened. I didn't even know what chair was involved until JR said it. Uh, Right. Right. So he takes the key like he's gonna unlock the cage, and he can't get the he can't get it unlocked, and he drops the fucking key. He drops the and key. And then Earl mess. runs to the corner, like even if he does have the key, like no, 
Right. Keep your eyes yeah, Earl out. comes over there. Yeah, and then he tosses the chair into the ring. Barely, it almost fell back down on him. He all- <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, it, dude, like that it was hit great. It, it hit it and kind of flipped over it the way Barry Windham did over the top rope earlier. Yeah, yeah, uh, exactly. Like a sigh of relief on JJ's part for sure. Yeah, totally, exactly. Yeah, that would have been embarrassing to have to do it a second time with Earl still distracted and shit. Yeah, and yeah. Earl pretending he doesn't see the fucking chair. Yeah, but for um, one of the biggest spots, you're right. The camera completely missed it. It uh, totally JJ missed it. Took out. Yeah, yeah. Um, the chair lands right on Dusty. It hits him like on his legs. Right. Um, and then Dusty Luger comes over like he's gonna pick it up and hit Dusty with it. Dusty grabs a quick DDT, DDTs him on it. Yeah. And wins, and he gets the fuck out of there. Yeah, he runs. He runs away. Like I was like, Flair is definitely having a party in his room after the show. Yeah. <laughs> it was really weird. It was like the second time, like because the Road Warriors got the fuck out of there too. They just right away walked off. Dusty's like, peace. They saw Jimmy Garvin's interview. They're like, this shit's good tonight. We got to go. <laughs> yeah, right. Where's Jimmy? Where's Jimmy, baby? <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for that match. Uh, just for the record, mm-hmm. a little bit of drunk history here. Uh, Luger would leave the Horsemen about a week after this match. Okay. And he would turn face and eventually go on to win the tag team titles with Barry Windham a few months later mm-hmm. and then get turned on by Barry Windham as Barry Windham would join the Horsemen. They just say swap places. Exactly. Yes. Okay. Traded out Luger for Wyndham, which in my opinion, that's a win for the Horseman. Oh, fuck yeah. Yeah. And it, <clears throat> excuse me. In my opinion, the best version of the Horseman was Barry Wyndham, the Brain Busters, and Ric Flair. Thank you. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, you saw much more of that shit than I did, but I would agree. Yeah. I mean, on paper, look at all those guys, dude. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, look, the Paul Roma era was, was stellar, but Yeah. <laughs> Not not as good as this. Really, <laughs> they. Uh, so we finish up with the main event of the night, and JJ Dillon has to work again. Uh, this is back out there. Yep, get that cardio out. It's a steel cage match for the NWA World Heavyweight Championship. Ron Garvin, the champion, entering, taking on Ric Flair with JJ Dillon. Even Ronnie Garvin's music is fucking boring. What I loved is during introductions, you could hear Garvin getting booed. Mm-hmm. And like four minutes into the match, you hear a very clear Garvin sucks chant from the crowd. Chicago oh. fucking knew back in 87, <laughs> dude. Chicago fucking knew. Well, the Chicago crowd is always very, uh, you know. They'll tell you what's up. They'll tell you what's up. Yeah, yeah, right. They don't necessarily like the baby face at all times. Right. You know what I mean? Right. Like the way they turned on Trish at 22. Dude, yeah, you know, and the JR was getting mad. Yeah, that, this, this woman's done nothing to this crowd to deserve this. Yeah, but here <laughs> yeah. in 87, They're being JR defiant. doesn't even acknowledge the crowd. Yeah, no, they were being very defiant. Oh, very. Yeah, they yeah. didn't like any bit of Garvin. No, because he sucked. <laughs> he sucked. Yeah, yeah. Even, even like walking to the ring, he looks bored. Like all the charisma sucked out of the place as soon as he comes through that fucking smoke. <laughs> Him and Terry Taylor would have made a great tag team. Oh, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, they could have, yeah, they, pff, shit. Called the charisma vacuums. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, the Mulkies were more entertaining than those two. Word. <laughs> um, why is this a single fall match instead of a tr- uh, three fall since it's the NWA title match? Is that because yeah, it's in a cage? Point. Yeah, good I didn't. Point. And yeah. they didn't address. I didn't hear them address it. Uh, w- wait, was it? It wasn't supposed to be a three fall match. But NWA title matches always were. That was the deal. An NWA title has to change hands on a uh, three fall match. I didn't know that. Yeah, that was a rule in NWA. Really? I believe so, yeah. 
Wait, what was the heavyweight title match for 86? I don't know. That was... Looking it up. Did they get, you know what, did Crockett get away, did Crockett get away from that rule at this point? Because that was... Dude, I'm almost positive he did, because I'm trying to think back to previous Starcade mains. Well, that was the beef between Vince Sr. and the NWA when um, Buddy Rogers lost to Lou Fez. He lost in one fall. They were pissed that the NWA wanted to put the title on Fez because he wasn't a draw in the Northeast. They wanted to keep okay. control of the title. But the storyline, you know, they're like, not storyline, because they were sort of breaking kayfabe almost in a way, but they were like, we don't recognize that title change um, because it was only a single fall match. It wasn't a three, it wasn't a two out of three falls match. Okay. So yeah, maybe Crockett had gotten away from that at this point, but that was the deal. The previous huh. uh, Starcade, which I believe we have covered, uh, doesn't say anything about... Uh, Two out of three falls for okay. the main event. Was it, it was just a regular singles match. Flair Dusty? Flair and uh, Nikita Koloff. Oh, Flair and Nikita. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right, right, right. Yeah, because that was when T uh, Magnum uh, uh, is, did, yeah. the video, did the video with his grandma. Because he was supposed to be in the match, right? Because <laughs> he was supposed to be in it. That's right. Yeah. The yeah, video he, with his grandma. He hugged his grandma on the beach. He loves it. And by the way, make sure that you check out that episode in our uh, episode history list. I forgot That's we had done right. that. We did do that one. Okay, so then, okay, so this isn't like the first time they'd ever done that. But that was, yeah, that was an NWA. I'm going to have to look this up. But if it's I, a regular thing, I mean, it's now two times you've strayed away from the uh, from the ordinary. Thing. It might have been that at this point, Crockett was effectively the NWA. You know what I mean? Yeah. There, were really, there really weren't any other NWA territories that meant anything. So he right. could kind of do his own thing. But uh, yeah, I'm gonna have to look that up. Um, hmm. If anyone, if anyone knows the deal with that, tweet me. But um, I'm gonna look it up anyway. But uh, yeah, that was okay. So this isn't the first time we've seen that. That's just me forgetting. Okay, so Scott's tapping his watch because he's got to leave in a few minutes. So we're gonna get right into this. Um, so um, <laughs> my first note is I can't believe Vince hired Garvin. He's exactly the opposite of a Vince guy. But he booked him perfectly. He never won a title. Mm-hmm. No, he just uh, made him like I also want to point out as a uh, wrestling figure, Mark, <laughs> Ron Garvin is one of the few guys in all of wrestling that has never had a wrestling figure. <laughs> that tells you everything you need to know about Ronnie Garvin's charisma. <laughs> He's never had a toy made of him. That's the funniest thing I've ever fucking heard. <laughs> Dude, even um, PN News has had a figure. <laughs> Ronnie Garvin has not, and he's a former NWA champion. Did Van Hammer have a figure? No, not yet, but uh, I'm sure he's coming. No, no, he's not. He killed But Van kid. Hammer was never a world champion. Well, no, that's true. Let's be fair. Neither was PN News. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ronnie oh Garvin has never had a toy. That's the greatest thing I've ever heard. <laughs> I'm so glad you brought that up. Um, Garvin's fucking up Flair early on, and uh, it's a cage match, so cool. Armbar. Right. Then he does the Garvin stomp, which I completely forgotten about. It's oh, the gosh. worst. Fuck. I hated when Randy Orton remember when he started doing it. Yes. Um, I hated it. But they start trading shots, and Garvin's chops are actually Garvin was always a good wrestler. You know, I always thought he was really good in the ring. I just think he's fucking boring as shit. Yeah, he can have a decent match, but um, his chops, dude, holy shit. Yeah, right, exactly. Yeah, he's chopping the shit out of Flair. I mean, both, when they're, like, trading hands, it looks fucking great. And there was one spot where he had Flair in between the ropes in the cage, mm -hmm. and I swear to God, it looked like he was fucking slapping him in the face. It did. I think he might, I think one or two of those might have missed and hit him, in the, like, on the cheek instead of the chest. Yeah, he was sending them, though, dude, because they were loud as fuck. Oh, yeah, yeah, they were as loud. It was like Walter or Gunther. Yeah, right, exactly, yeah. But Garvin yeah. was, like, half his size. Yeah, it was great. This was a cool match. I like this match a lot. It was all right. It was all right. Um... 
uh, Flair's, Flair takes over and he's just beating on him. He's not going for a pin. He's just like beating him up. And you the know, crowd's turning. Mm-hmm. The crowd's turning because Flair just looks so cool doing it with the hair and the, yes. you know, and they, they love the chops. Yes. Um, yeah, they were definitely siding with the heel on this one. They hated Ronnie Garvin. Yeah, and he does a, um, what do you call that? A shin breaker where you lift yes. him up. And, yeah. And then and, he immediately drops him. And goes into right the figure four. And goes right into a figure four, which is um, cage match number two with figure fours. Yep. Um, and then the I, crowd pops like the Road Warriors had just fucking done it. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah, it's three. This is the third match with a figure four yeah. of the night. Um, <laughs> yes. And then Garvin makes his yeah right. Garvin makes his way to the ropes. He gets out, um, but he can't really stand. And I'm like, at this point, his legs are about as good as his personality is. <laughs> um. And Flair starts going for the face smash. He's trying to smash Garvin's face into the cage, but Garvin's blocking it. Um, and then he ends up reversing it, does it to Flair twice, and then grates his face on it. And um, Flair's bleeding at this point. And now I feel like I've seen this match before somewhere. <laughs> Guy goes face first into a cage and bleeds. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, oh, yeah, the previous match. Yeah, right, right. Um, then Garvin bites Flair, and dude... Ric Flair is the last dude whose blood I would want in my mouth in 1987. Right. Right. You know, you, you know right. what he's up to. Like yep. that dude, you know, I would be a fucking scared to die. I wouldn't even want him blading in a match with me. Actually, <laughs> you could say that for a lot of the NWA roster, though. Well, that's true, but I mean, Flair especially. Uh, yeah, especially If he Flair. blades himself, you'd be running out of that cage like uh, Road Warriors and Dusty. Yeah. <laughs> the dude's Gar- literally on TV every Saturday talking about how many chicks he's fucking. And you're right. going to bite him in the forehead and drink yeah. his blood. Yeah. Yeah. Ronnie Garvin would probably be more interesting with fucking hepatitis, though. Maybe. He gets rabid. Yeah, he'd be way more interesting. <laughs> He's foaming at the mouth. Yeah. <laughs> now that's a character I want to see. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, <laughs> shit. Yeah, he's a werewolf. <laughs> a um, five foot tall one, but still. Yeah, five foot tall werewolf. Um, Flair takes a bump off the top rope, and then Garvin puts on a figure four. Um, but then it, he, it then it turns into a fucking brawl. Garvin's winning the brawl, yeah. And they end up fighting on the top rope, and Flair gets crotched uh, while Garvin's up there. Then Garvin goes for it was really cool. Garvin goes for a top rope sunset flip, which is Flair, how he won the title. Right, right. I saw that match. I forget where I saw that match. Or maybe I've just seen a clip of it. But right, he won without before. Yeah. Um, which I sits. like when they do that. They call back to how he won originally. Like we've seen like, this okay, before. He's going to do it again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's a good callback. I liked it. Yeah. Um, but Flair sits on his chest for a pin, but, um, the referee sees that he's holding the ropes, which, I mean, I know it's a rope break, but cage match, he should be allowed to do that, I think. Agree. Then we get ref bump number three. Right. Because someone just didn't really put a lot of thought into the show, I guess. (laughs) Um, and, uh, Garvin hits his knockout punch, his fucking hands of stone. Yes. But Flair kicks out because of a delayed count. Um, this was the same referee, right? Um. Tommy Young. Tommy Young. Yeah. Yep. And he got over there a little too slowly for the yep. three count. And that was incredible that Flair kicked out. You're like, holy shit. Right. Because you think he's done. He just got hit with the finisher after getting crotched. Right. You know, that's it. Um, and then um, Flair shoots Garvin into the ropes, catches him when he comes back and lifts him up like a flapjack type position, backs him into the cage face first. He actually hits the fucking post because this cage right. has, has the post in the center of it nailed it like that was good ring awareness you yep. know what i mean to be perfectly lined up dead center with it dead for center. to hit it i mean yep. i didn't even catch that he hit the post till the replay oh okay gotcha yeah um and one two three rick flair wins the match and the crowd was fairly split there were a lot of cheers for rick flair at this point oh man yeah they popped 
big time. I thought they popped. I thought it was like when the Road Warriors, when they thought the Road Warriors won. Like it was yeah. loud, dude. The crowd it, hella popped. Yeah, yeah. I guess you're right. It probably was much more, probably more flair. Yeah. Oh, yeah, for sure. Yeah. And this is uh, title win number five at this point for Ric mm-hmm. Flair. Right. So that's it for that match. So overall, it, this might be the worst booked pay-per-view I've ever seen with the best matches. Right, dude. Because all the matches, even the Terry Taylor match that I was fairly bored with had its spots. You know, parts of it, the end was pretty good. Parts of it were pretty good. But that was the worst match. You know, the worst match was not terrible. Right. But the the good matches were really good. But the booking was just garbage the entire time. And that's what we talked about at the beginning before uh, when Adam was on the toilet still. That they really screwed things up they fucked the road warriors over so now chicago's mad exactly i I don't think they ever went back to chicago um when crockett was still in charge killed the territory yeah i think that was it for chicago because they barely drew in the first place now you pissed everybody off you're not going back exactly um and there was the thing we mentioned earlier um so i didn't get to this earlier when we were talking about how vince ran survivor series against it um they only got 20 this only got twenty thousand pay-per-view buys the um 88 great american bash when there, when Vince wasn't running anything against it, got 190,000 buys. Damn. So if they'd had full Ouch. pay-per-view coverage, they might have yeah. sold a lot of pay-per-views. You know what I mean? Yeah. But they got so screwed over by Vince and the cable companies. And at that point, the reason Vince didn't run anything against that was because the cable companies started getting pissed. They yeah. were like, fuck you. You guys are costing us money because both of these should be selling well. Stop running shows against each other because you're dragging us into your fucking promotional war that we don't care about. Right. You know, right. and we're, we're losing money. Like Vince could take a loss because he was making so much money. Um, Crockett really couldn't. This really fucked him over. Um, but the cable companies didn't want to take a loss over some shit they didn't care about. Yep. So that was that. So yeah, Star- uh, yeah Stark, uh, it, uh, sorry, Great American Bash did 170,000 more pay-per-view buys. Yep. Uh, eight months later. Yeah, and you know this would have done more. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, totally. Yeah, so this was, like we said, it was a major fucking blow to uh, to Crockett, and they sold to Turner in less than a year, I That's think. That's right. Just yeah. under a year. Yeah, like by like September or so. They were sold. They couldn't, they they got so deep in debt and uh, <laughs> so fucked by Vince. Yeah, and then Vince ended up basically setting the table for his biggest competition ever. Yeah, exactly. Right, right. Essentially, he did it to himself. Sort of. Yeah, I mean, yeah, exactly. He didn't really manage to completely put him out of business because Turner was there to bail him out. Right. Is what it was with basically an unlimited checkbook. Right. Um, And it was because Turner wanted content was the main thing. There's always this story about Turner was a huge wrestling fan and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Turner definitely did say, I'm always going to have wrestling on my network because it was like helped build the network. So he had a loyalty to wrestling in particular. But it was also about just needing content, you know? Right. So like, oh, okay, well, shit, I don't want him to go out of business. I want him on my TV. I guess I'll just buy him. Yep. Yeah. And that's that. On the six-pack uh, rating. Three. Uh, Four. It probably would be a three, but quality of matches, I'll give it four. You know, just that. that, that, that the matches were better than the booking was bad. You know what I mean? So I'll give okay, it more than half. I got you. I, you Makes know what sense. I mean? The, the the pros outweigh the cons. Um, as a standalone show, it was really fun to watch. So I'll give it more than half a six pack. So I'll give it four. I'll put it middle of the road. I'm giving it three. Road Warriors should have won. Yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. I, I'd give four. Like, there definitely spots where you can't piss off the crowd and 
they crossed the line. So even even a fucking double DQ in that match would have been better than a dusty finish because the dusty finish just fucks with the fans. You know what right. I mean? Right. Like it would be disappointing to get a double DQ, but if you don't want to put a, put the title on, you don't have to swerve on the fucking fans. Yeah, talk about an emotional ringer, dude. You see your team win the titles, and they're like, "Oh, just kidding." The other team totally, won. totally, yeah. And it was it's called the dusty finish because Dusty did it all the fucking time. It's like yeah. On top of it being a shit finish that pisses people off, they've seen it a hundred fucking times. Right. You know, it happens all the time. It's not even an inventive finish. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, stupid, stupid. All right. Well, that takes care of our coverage of Starcade 87, Tritown Heat. What do you all think of our coverage, and what do you think of... Uh, of uh, this particular pay-per-view when watching it on Peacock, please let us know on the social media platforms, Twitter, Instagram, and TikTok, wrestling underscore drunk. Please tell your family, friends, heels, and faces to like, share, and subscribe, and leave. please leave reviews so that uh, we could uh, keep this drunk wrestling adventure going. On behalf of Scott and Eddie, I'm Adam reminding all of you to enjoy your buzz, watch wrestling responsibly, drink like nobody's watching. Uh, don't piss off uh, the Chicago territory, and we will see you all next time with another great episode. One. And really, really quickly before you yes. count it down, because we forgot this, because we're nothing without our uh, designated host, we forgot to say, buy a fucking shirt. Buy a fucking shirt. We left buy that out in the intro. Shirt. Luckily, you got that on the one. If it went to three, then they wouldn't have bought a fucking shirt. <laughs> yeah, right. And that's all so, I got to say. Take it so home. So please... Do Eddie proud. Buy a fucking shirt. All right. One, two, three. My kind of town Chicago is. Dive. Who the fuck is Johnny Weaver? <laughs> I like Sigourney and Jared. Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Don't swim in the ocean. You'll get balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth Don't swim in the ocean You'll get balls in your mouth Balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth. Don't swim in the ocean. You'll get balls in your mouth. Balls in your mouth.